All right. On this episode of the Park Hills Podcast, we're going to introduce you to the new worship pastor and introduce a song that we are going to start singing next week. go. Ready? Yes. (laughs) So here's somebody that we've gotten to know pretty well over the last few months. You all, uh, anyone listening to this probably have not gotten to know him quite as well. Although there's a few families you guys have connected with, but uh, the Rispel Jays moved here really as the nation was shutting down. COVID arrived as the Rispel Jays came here and that wasn't connected in any way. Although it was just a really bad moment for most folks. So we're going to just introduce you to him, and then we got a song, like I said, that we're going to introduce for next week, and so we want you to, we're going to talk through a little bit of that and, and kind of what we're thinking about with the song and what that looks like. Mm. So we'll start off with Bo. People want to get to know you. Who is Bo Rispel J? Well, I'm a Southern California native, so I grew up there my whole life. Uh, obviously, was raised by two godly parents, so I'm thankful for that. I'll always be grateful for that. Um you know, kind of introduced to music and worship kind of at an early age. And so um, just kind of ran with it, loved the connection that God allowed me to have with him through song. So um, getting into my after high school years, met my wife at college study, our college Bible study. And, uh, you know, from there, it's just she she's kind of involved in music. She knows how to sing. She does sound. And, and then, uh, you know, we took an interest in each other, got married. We've been married almost 17 years. We've got four kids, Mariah, Blake, Caleb, and Gavin. So um, God's been good to us and just proven his faithfulness through the years when you just uh, commit yourself to him, you know, even when there's doubts and uncertainties, he still takes care of you. So uh, for me personally, yeah, that's, that's kind of like my life in a nutshell. But, you know, moving to Freeport was, you know, Something I did never anticipated in my life. So. That is so surprising to hear. Yeah. I think it's everyone's final destination. Sure. It's really what they're aiming for. Freeport, Illinois is yeah, so it's the place to be. So we also, I mean, we hired you. Yes. We, are, we were impressed by a number of things that we saw in your, um, the videos that we, we were sent from our, we had a, kind of a search firm help us find you. And we were super impressed by that. But we had no idea how amazing it would be to have an entire family of tremendously talented musicians. And so I'm not going to ask you to brag on them because we could do that all day, but we are, we've been super blessed just watching the whole family step in and do things. And during COVID, it was really helpful because then we didn't have to pull a bunch of other people in. Uh, so it's good to have you here. Glad to be here. And, and, and I genuinely mean that. Like it's, it's funny. I, I you know, I've been the town I came from, was kind of that town that no one wanted to be a part of, you know? And so then you, you get wind of Freeport and you're like, I think it's a step up for coming from where I'm from. So I don't know if that's saying much, but it's actually really cool. You hear that people? Freeport is a step up. Amen. So stop thinking the way you think. Let's start thinking differently. <laughs> so, but what's your favorite thing to do? You know, my favorite thing to do, I mean, it's, it, that's a hard question to answer just specifically like with one thing. I mean, I, there's a few things I enjoy doing. So obviously 
music is a big part of what I love to do. So part of my therapy, I guess you could say at home is playing my guitar, you know, in my room and just, like I said earlier, just that connection that God allows me to have. It's just the way he kind of, I don't want to, I don't want to use the phrase speak to me because it's kind of like, I don't want to go into the two, you know, the crazy realm there, but, but he does. He's like, it's, it's that stillness. It's that the beauty of chords and music and and it's just such a powerful thing. And so I, I do find myself a lot of the times uh, doing that, which is very simple. You know, it sounds simple, but that's that's what I do. So outside of the normal things, you know, that are they're maybe not my favorites, but, you know, spending time with my kids, of course, my family, you know, I'm just a big nerd. Sometimes I'll spend time playing games with them just to, you know, keep us connected, you know, at their age. So but favorite thing to do is probably going to be something musically. So sitting in a living room with a guitar or even trying to play the piano, which is not my my strong suit, but I do enjoy it. So, In the short time that we've gotten to know each other, I've enjoyed watching not only your gift to music, but how it just sort of radiates out of you. Like you're, There are some people that play music and they treat it as a job. You know what I'm saying? And we hired you as a worship pastor, and so sometimes you're always kind of nervous when you hire someone that all they're going to do is show up and play a couple songs and then like demand rock star status and walk off the stage. And whether it's your humility or whether it's the fact that God really... Uh, is praised by you best when you're singing. I can just see it in your heart and in your head. And so it's beautiful. It's why it's fun watching you not just lead musically, but lead worship. It's something else. So yeah, I I love it. All right. So we're going to move into, you know, some of the nitty gritty stuff. Uh, But before we do that, I'm going to rearrange our questions here. So how is Freeport so far? How are you liking it? Is it the best place ever? Best place ever. (laughs) I haven't been very many places, so, so yeah. potentially it could be on that list of top fives. <laughs> I mean, with Crate Park being in the center of our town, it's actually not bad. Uh, it's been good. You know, given the fact that we come here in the midst of all this, you know, uh, chaos going on in the world, um, we've had to make some adjustments. I think some of the comforts that we left are being, you know, we're, we're trying to find them again and, mm-hmm. you know, make the new friends and try to be comfortable with, you know, our people group and, and whatever and our kids being involved and um, whatnot, but overall, I mean, it's been such a, a breath of fresh air. I think for us, so even in the midst of all that, it's been really good being here because we see uh, just a genuine sincerity among folks, among the people we've been meeting. You know, just even within the church itself, the way it operates, the staff. So, um, so Freeport, we do. We, you know, the town's beautiful. It's green. We, we're not used to green, so it's you know, when you see green, you're like, this is amazing. Like, I, I don't know how. And there's no sprinkler systems here, which boggles no. my brain. It's like. California, man, you got you water for 20 hours a day and still your grass is brown. So yes, Freeport so far, because that, I could leave that open, right? You know, like, I'm just kidding. Totally. Uh, no, so far, so good. We like, we like being here. I love that. And I, I do notice there's a number of us that have talked about this. There's a bunch of us under 40 who have either moved back to the area or who have moved to the area from other places and said, guys, this isn't the worst place to be. I don't know. Because there's sort of this weird thing of like, I'm going to get out of Freeport. And I, I we kind of keep hoping that people realize this is a little gem. There's some really beautiful things about it. And so I love hearing you say that. That's good. No, I would agree. It's awesome. All right. So let's talk about worship. Let's talk about what you do. So I, I've been impressed so far already with, with how you build a service and how it connects to 
our, our preaching and where we're heading. So what, what are some of the process? How do you go about that? You know, how do you pick songs? How do you build a service? I know that it's more than just picking songs. It's right. It's building an entire worship service. So how do you go about doing that? You know, I mean, obviously there's, there's some kind of go-to things that are standard, like in anything that you do, but I mean, first and foremost is being on the same page with the text as close as I can. So like, I, I'm going to look at like, if we're in revelation 11 and 12 for this next coming week, I was already in that in the past, you know, a few weeks prior, um, just looking at some, you know, some hot words that jump out, some hot topics, some things that maybe, you know, maybe God's glory, God's grace or whatever it may be. And then, you know, try to try to shape at least part of the service around that, you know, that idea. And so um, some songs may kind of come together, you know, later um, as far as like when you're picking them out. But I try to make sure that it's at least somewhat relative to the text as best can be. And then flow is obviously important. I try to make sure some songs, you know, like they make, they fit together well. Like, you know, you don't want to go from, uh, you don't want to do all fast songs or all crazy songs. Like, you know, you want to do some sweet, you know, ballads or some sweet songs that are, you know, bring you kind of into that, that, uh, more devotional type thought in the Lord. But anyway, so, so building sets is really primarily focused on the truth of the word first. So, and again, there's no perfect like, uh, oh, that's jumping out at me, especially in Revelation. It's not as probably easy as it – some chapters, yes, but, um, you know, you're going, gosh, this is all judgment. This is all chaos. This is all the end of things coming to a close. And you're just like, I don't know what songs work perfect for this, but I would turn it into like, you know, but but for the believer or even unbeliever, like what what is the hope that's there that's mm-hmm. real that we're waiting for? So it's not just this doom and gloom for us. Like we know, like, hey, it's it's going to be okay. So songs may ta- be tailored around that type of idea. So it, that's part of the process. You know, there's more to it, but that's kind of the gist of what it is. No, I like that. Yeah, that's good. I also like how you're like. Anyway, uh, I think all of us who have these things in our life that we're deeply passionate about, we get to this spot where we think we've gone too long, and so we start. Push, you know what I'm saying? Like if we start talking Bible, I, I'm always kind of like, well, okay, I can tell if people don't want to keep talking about what I'm talking about. So I'll just pretend like I don't care about this next verse and we'll just move on. Uh, yes. so, so you're like, I'm, you know, I'm picking the song and, I'm, and I, I'm watching you get more and more passionate. And then all of a sudden, you're like, so anyway, yeah, you know, I just kind of <laughs> pick some songs and then that's it. Uh, I, I have loved watching your work ethic in this and the way that you think through and how you're really developing, like I said, an entire service around what makes Park Hills Park Hills, which for years has been good biblical preaching, typically through a book, uh, you know, solid. I I don't, we aren't uber theological. You know, there's some pastors that would sit and they would just read through a theological tome, so to speak, and sort of help you understand it. Uh, We we add theology where it's necessary, but our goal is really that you understand the text and that you want more time in God's word. And I've loved how we've, we've already started to connect in that way uh, as a staff, even more so, and we've we've now added, not that music wasn't doing that before, but even more so. It's just kind of this this deep connection that's kind of there. So mm. we're loving it. And so speaking of which, we're going to throw a new song at people next week. Is that what you're saying? Yes. So what's the song called? Uh, the song is called Christ Be Magnified. Um, sometimes song titles don't need a you know, a huge explanation for where you're going with it. It's like, I mean, this is kind of an underlying theme throughout God's Word, um, but uh, what struck me about this song was just, I think, um, just the, I, I don't like to pick songs just because they're maybe catchy or trendy or whatever, but um, but this guy, Cody Carnes and Corey, these guys that, that write these songs, it's just, 
I feel like they were on to something that was very um, appropriate, particularly with where we're going in Revelation. And so just hearing the lyrics and just, you know, singing this kind of chorus over and over was just a little bit reminiscent of, you know, the, the 24 elders, the living creatures, kind of declaring God's holiness and, and, and doing that repetitively. And so um, it's a simple kind of a chorus, um, but uh, a lot of the meat within uh, the bridge, I think, is is what really struck home for me. It was just this idea of like, you know, Lord, I, I'm, I'm going to go after you. I'm going to worship you no matter what's going on. Um, and he's going to put us through stuff, and it talks about that a little bit in the bridge. And I think we, we as Christians feel like, we're immune to that. Like, oh, no, no, you know, God's, he saved me, so I'm good. And it's like, that's never, ever preached from our Savior ever. Yet we somehow come up with that and think that, like, I'm saved. So, you know, so it's not easy to swallow sometimes. Like, oh, I might have to go through some stuff, but what am I really hoping and trusting? And so this song is a declaration at the end of all that going, Lord, I just want to magnify you the best mm-hmm. I can because it's all about you. So. I love that. And it is, it is funny because I think we, we accept Christ and then we sort of expect that to be our exit plan. Like that's our escape plan. Now that I've done this, I don't have to do anything else the rest of my life. I'm just going to wait for Jesus to return. And then I'm going to hang with him in heaven forever. And it's like, if you're reading what Jesus is saying, Mm. whether it's, you know, the gates of Hades will not overcome you Mm. or whether we're looking at Christ saying, come be my disciple or he wasn't saying the disciples, Hey, come follow me. And then I just want you to sit in a, in a pew for 50 years on a Sunday morning. Uh, they also wouldn't have worshiped on Sunday morning for a while. Uh, but just like this, I, I, that's all I want you to do for the rest of your life. And then I'm going to come back for you. And when I do, you better be holy by then. There's more going on. Like the gospels are calling us to something so much bigger. And in Revelation, yeah. we start to see this battle played out, whether it's, uh, you know, specifically talking about what we would call the tribulation or whether it's talking about this, this grand battle that's happening between Satan and God, which is part of what we see in Revelation 12 or things like that. There's this idea that we're at war. And so you've been saved. You've been adopted into the family of God to join a war, to join a battle. And part of joining battle is being battle ready, being prepared. And it means I understand what I'm getting into here. Can you imagine like a kid going off to war and being like, it's never going to go bad for you. Just hang out. And eventually the general's going to come and he's going to show up and he's going to take you off the battlefield. So you just hang out by that tree and wait. And I, like, I loved your smile because you're like, that's, that's stupid, Chris. No one would ever say that. Right. But the, I don't know why we treat Christianity like that. Yeah. It, yeah. And I, I totally agree with you there. So the idea being that there's this, there's this training and preparation. Yep. So it's like, you know, the idea of being a disciple of Jesus is like, no, follow me. It's going to be way different than you think. And so I, I think... Just knowing that, it's like, gosh, every day, it's it's an effort to go after him. And I'll never get there, right? None of us will until we're in glory in heaven. And it's like, oh, you know, could have done so much more or could have followed better. But yeah, so that's that's definitely true. So there's action. There's expectation from us as believers. It's like, you know, so. And it's sad when people miss that, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So how do we want to introduce it? You want to talk about it for a little bit? Do you just want to play uh, it? Sure. Yeah, talk. we can, we can talk through the words. I, I mean, I, I don't mind sharing, you know, just briefly what, uh, where we're headed with this song. So uh, it's this, like the first couple of verses are kind of, um, kind of like this, this thought of like, you know, if creation or if, if the world was kind of doing all is like, and, and I think speaking in generally, you know, of, of everything. So like all creation, every human being, um, then we'd hear this resounding Christ being magnified. And I think that's very true if that were the case. Now we know that's not the case. And so it's kind of a cool way to start the song with just this like, Hey, you know, like 
imagine if this were the case, you know, and then this was what you would hear. And I love that because everything is central around Christ, mm-hmm. regardless of what you think. It's like it is. And so so the song then kind of takes a turn to just kind of declare that. And then um, kind of verse 3, again, is along those thinking. But the bridge is where it kind of gets into the the personal you know, like me saying, Lord, this is what I want to find myself doing. I don't want to bow to idols. I want to stand strong and worship you. And, you know, phrases like, if it puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice because you're there too. It's, you know, that's kind of a tough thing to to think on. But, you know, I won't be formed by feelings. I'll hold fast to what is true. I mean, all these things that, you know, we should know as Christians are just fundamental. And we should be focusing on those things every day, like getting better at them, staying stronger. So, so this song does say a lot, and it's just it's. But I, for me, what really um, is that sweet moment is the chorus. I, I love singing choruses that are kind of catchy that you can kind of kind of catch on to quickly. Like it doesn't take me, you know, singing the song in church for five consecutive weeks for people to go. We still don't know what he's singing. It's like it's so simple. So, so that's part of the song. Yeah, I love that, and especially like you said, with where we're going in Revelation. Once we get into 13 and on, for a while there, we're dealing with intense persecution and death on a level that most of us have never seen before. Mm. But I think this is also a song that we'll we'll be able to not just play for Revelation. It's going to lead into Colossians. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So it's going to be one of those ones that we can do for a long time. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's hear some of it. Sure. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. I'll just sing through a couple of the verses in the first chorus, and we can maybe take a... Take a break, discuss some some more, and then wrap up with the bridge. So, and were creation suddenly articulate with a thousand tongues to lift one cry, then from north to south and east to west. We'd hear Christ be magnified And were the whole earth echoing His eminence His name would burst from sea and sky From rivers to the mountain tops Christ be magnified Oh, Christ be magnified Let His praise arise Christ be magnified in me And oh, Christ be magnified From the altar of my life Yes, that's okay. No, I love that song. And I I love some of the great hymns of old had more to do with us understanding Christ's glory and power and his, in his holiness Mm. and how it just drop us to our knees. And so I love that this is aiming that direction. Also reminding us that creation is calling out his name. Even if we 
don't hear it. We know it's happening, right? Mm-hmm. When Christ says the rocks would cry out if, if they didn't cry out. Exactly. So it's our job as, as lead worshipers of creation mm-hmm. to go back and worship him and let the rest of creation join us in this amazing experience, mm-hmm. which is all kind of wrapped into those first couple of verses. But, this, but then on top of that, this idea that if I understand his glory, mm-hmm. I will magnify him. I will give him utmost praise mm-hmm. with everything I've got. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's again... You can't go wrong. I love when you can't go wrong with certain songs. Like you just, you know, there's so much truth wrapped in them that it's like, I'm okay to sing this. Like this is going to declare a lot about the God that we worship um, without leaving a little bit of doubt in people's minds. You know, it's very clear. Mm-hmm. So, so we, when we deal with the bridge, yeah, because uh, you brought this song to me a little over a week ago. Yeah. And we just started chatting it through. And I, we, we were, you were nervous about, I shouldn't, maybe even nervous is the wrong word, but you're just kind of like, I really love this song. I, I, I like it. It, and then I also want to just make sure that we're, we're legit. So let's walk it through. So we went through the whole thing. Yes. And there were a couple of spots of the bridge that you're like, I want people to really understand what we're singing. Not because you know, there's always those moments where you sing a song for the first time and people are like looking at the lyrics. They're going, Oh, that, that feels wrong. Oh, absolutely. Oh, we're not allowed to say that. And this one doesn't necessarily push those buttons, because I think if you just stop and think about it for a second, but we live in a culture that is very biblically illiterate. Right. And so you may not even realize that you're singing things directly from scripture. Mm. So let's just go through it line by line. Okay. So you talked about it a second ago, but let me just kind of, I'll read a line and we can talk about it and kind of go from there. So the the bridge starts like this. I won't bow to idols. I'll stand strong and worship you. Mm. That one's not controversial at all. It shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not like the second commandment to me. Yeah, Paul, it's it, the very beginning. Yeah. yeah, Paul says stuff like this, like, you know, don't bow to idols. Don't go, you know, doing these other things. That's It's all bad. Then it says, if it puts me in the fire. So back to this idea, I'm going to worship you. Mm. If worshiping you puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice because you're there too. Mm. I saw a VeggieTales special on this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Rack Shack and Benny. Yeah. Right, right. So, so you've got in the book of Daniel, you've got these individuals that get thrown in the fire. And if you think about that, the whole thing, that, that this all fits within this song. Those guys yeah. refused to worship something else, an idol, by the way. Yeah. And because they refused, they were thrown in the fire, but yeah. someone was dancing with them in the fire. Amen. And it's awesome. So, so that line, again, not super controversial, but maybe people would be like, if it puts me in the fire, why well, do I want to own the fire? Well, you're worshiping Jesus. You're probably going to get thrown in the fire at some point. Yes. That's promised. <laughs> it's, right. like the, it's like the Bible tells us that things aren't going to go well if you follow Jesus. All right. Third line in the bridge. I won't be formed by feelings. I mm. hold fast to what is true. Yeah. So again, that I love that because that should cause us to think about what we're actually doing when we're worshiping instead of just going through motions or doing things because we like them. It's like, no, no, no. I don't care how I feel. What's the content and where is it putting my heart and mind and soul? Everything that I am, right? So, um, yeah, I, th- there should be no issues with that one. And, on t- and in our culture today, I'm so glad that that line actually exists. Because yeah. even within worship music, think of how many songs people are just like, I just love the way this makes me feel. And I love that they actually had the guts to write in a song, you know, I won't be I, formed by my feelings. <laughs> worship leaders <laughs> saying, I won't be formed by my feelings. Like, I was like, man, that's bold. I love that you're willing to do that. I hold fast to what is true. So I think of, you know, James, this idea of the young tossed back and forth individual, but as mm. they mature, they're steadfast and they're not swayed yeah. by their emotions or the culture, all these things. So it's, it's beautiful. Yes. 
then this one could be a little weird for folks. So line four. Yeah. But if, but but again, if you just stop and think about it, it's directly from Scripture. It says, mm. if the cross brings transformation, then I'll be crucified with you. Mm. So controversially, that would be some people might say, well, we're not getting crucified with Christ. They might say, well, you know, certain branches of, of the mm. Christian faith have Jesus on a cross and we don't love that. So they might yeah. be thinking too much into it. But this is getting pulled from where? This is Galatians 2.20 all the way. I mean. Oh, my goodness. It's like in the Bible. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, Paul declares very clearly, you know, for I have been crucified with Christ. And the whole idea being, you know, he, that's what he allows us to take part in, right? So the beautiful thing is he dies for our sins and says, I'm welcoming you in. And it's twofold. Like you're going to, you're going to maybe deal with some, some stuff, but you're also going to be able to overcome because look what I did. And so it's not an unbiblical thing. Not at all. Yeah. He even says things like, bear the cross. <laughs> yeah. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. There's, right. a, there's an element there of, if you really think it through, this is a very New Testament biblical concept. Jesus is mm. calling us to join him. Uh, by the way, the one who followed God's will perfectly mm. died for that. Right. Because he was perfect, we crushed him. Our desire was to mm. just destroy God and we didn't accomplish the task. But then he, that same God invites us, why don't you follow me in the suffering? So whether we're thinking yeah. of the two brothers, you know, their mom saying, hey, Jesus, can my, can my boys join you on your right and your left? And he's like, yeah. well, are you going you gonna to take the cup that I have? And they're like, well, yeah. And he's like, you'll take the cup, but I don't get to declare which side of me you're going to sit on. And, yeah. And they did. They both died that way. Yes. So again, anybody that wants to follow Jesus, it's, I love that word transformation because that's what it's mm-hmm. supposed to do. Okay, it's not just this emblem or this symbol or this great thought. It's like, no, if our very Savior endured all this, we're not going to get out of stuff, and we need to be changed, you know, I mean, dramatically changed. So, um, yeah, hard. I mean, again, not easy to declare. No. It's an easy thought, but... It's like suffering with purpose. Yeah. Which, holy cow, that's a very biblical idea. So then this one... It uh, kind of picks up right where that left off, because mm. death is just the doorway into resurrection life. Mm-hmm. And that's all over in the scriptures, but I know you grabbed a few. What were some of the ones you Well, Romans from? 6, uh, Romans chapter 6, verses 4 and 5 uh, really kind of speak of that, you know, just this idea that, you know, I, there's there's this promise from God, like, we, this is not all for naught, right? Like, right. following Jesus has its rewards, has its, you know, blessings if if we endure and go through these things, and so... Um, but also that that idea of um, the believer doesn't necessarily die. It's just like you're going from you know, you're going from here to there. I've heard it said um, that you know if if you're saved, you're just you're basically living now. Like you don't mm-hmm. really ever die. You're just living kind of this side of eternity. Um, so I, that's that's what it is. So a good reminder that should we, you know, end up going to our death for our faith. There is some, God says, no, there's stuff waiting for you. Don't worry. Like it's not, I didn't mm-hmm. leave you, you know? And, and so that's, that's also in the gospels there when he's talking to the disciples, like, look, if I go to prepare a place for you, there's all these things of like, look, it's not, it's not hopeless. Totally. Even though that was 2000 years ago. So. Well, and the worst thing that the world can throw at us yeah. is death, right? I mean, and God promises that in the garden, mm. death is going to follow if you sin. And so our decision was to do it our own way. Death followed and has been following us ever since. Mm. But if you're in Christ, the worst thing that they can throw at you is death. And if they throw death at you, then you have resurrection life. 
so like mm. the way I like to think about this, because I don't think about persecution that intensely in my own life, but I always wonder, you know, if, if somebody went after me today, would I die for my faith? And I'm like, yeah, I think I would because, I mean, I, I don't know in that moment, you know, hopefully my faith was strong enough to say, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with Jesus and, you know, whatever. Yes. But no matter what they, th- that the worst thing they can throw at me, I'm good. So I think about bullying or other things that our kids deal with, you know, in the world today, like I'm following Jesus and they called me mean names. That's not the worst thing they can throw at you. So you're going to be okay. Like it, you're right. going to be fine. Yeah. That's so simple, you know? Right. Which they, so they keep going with it, that idea. Yeah. And the next line is if, and if I join you in your suffering, then I'll join you when you rise. Mm. Yeah. And I'll be honest, Ed, this was the line that at first I had a little trouble with. Sure. Partly because, and, and let me kind of explain why I had trouble with it, because it, it makes it sound like the only way that will join when you rise is if you go through the suffering. And I wanted to be careful with that idea because I don't want to make people think that they're supposed to just wake up in the morning and purposely suffer all day long so that they can be risen. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes people read lines on a screen and they misunderstand what it's really being said. Yes. But the more I thought about it over the last, yeah. you know, however many days, I'm going, oh man, I actually... No, I'm, I think I'm good with the line. So, and I know you have a passage that just like fits it perfectly. So, yeah, no, Romans six uh, verse five says, "For if so, there's that word if if we have been united with him in death, um, like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his." And so, um, when I read that, I, I it, there's this intentionality to it. So I I mean meaning. It's not just uh, like you said earlier regarding, you know, it's it's not like, oh, see, I suffer so much. So, no, no, it's not about getting rewarded for suffering. It's the idea of like, I need to be intentional about walking with Jesus and going through whatever he puts me through so that, you know, I understand that it doesn't matter. And, mm-hmm. and that's a good point earlier to the, the idea of like the best the world can do is kill us. That's it. Right. You know, um, but yeah, so very clear for me because I, I, I originally too saw that. And kind of was like, I don't know. And you pointed that out. And, and I went, okay, I don't mind changing it. But uh, but I think it's okay to say if and then when it needs, when, when you understand it right. You know, so it's it's not if based on just right. suffering. It's like, I, I really, there's more to it than that. I, I've been united with, with him in death because he, you know, I've declared right. that I'm saved or that I believe in him. So therefore, you know. The promises that he gave me are there. So, And if we keep that line in context with the entire song, it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. And so we know it's a biblical idea. My, my fear with it was just mm. that it demanded that you and I suffer. And the problem is mm. I know we suffer for Christ. That's, I'm fine with that. But I think sometimes when we read the word suffer, we think of something else. You know, like I'm supposed to throw myself in a prison and then, you know, suffer, 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 suffer. Well, your suffering might be different. It might be choosing to treat your spouse in a more loving way than you did, which means you don't get to say what you want to say or how you want to do it. Mm. You may not see that as suffering, but you're not this person you used to be. You're suffering in some way, right? Or or there's elements of our life that don't go the way we'd like them to. You know, someone does something wrong to us and we would love to just to cuss them out and go crazy like we used to maybe back when we were kids. But now that we're in Christ, I'm not going to live that way anymore. No. And and at the end of the day, mm. I think the rest of the world would look at that as, man, that person's really suffering for Jesus. And I'm like, mm. well, that's, that's actually easy compared to some of the other stuff that I suffered from. <laughs> right. But so I just wanted this to be careful. But I think the more I thought it through, like, I'm like, man, actually, I love that line. I love the idea of us remembering that if we're going to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow yeah. him, that that's, that's a part of what's going on. Mm. 
Amen. And then the next line is so Revelation nineteen twenty. It's not even funny. Uh, so I, yeah. I, like I was so excited you're going to introduce it now because then you'll you'll be able to kind of do it again yeah. in, in the weeks ahead. And when we get to nineteen twenty, like this song it should hit us hard. But when you return in glory with the angels and the saints, mm. and man, I I'm, I'm I know I'm preaching down the road when we get to Revelation yeah. twenty, and I'm just I'm already thinking about that passage going. I'm more excited to preach that one than some of the ones that we're having to do over the next few weeks, because the yeah. moment of Jesus riding on a horse and us being with him for the end, mm. that's beautiful. That, that idea is so cool. Yeah. I love that one. Amen. And then the final line, my heart will still be singing and my song will be the same. And you know, that's, that's, that reminds us that this is not it, right? Like, right. yeah, we worship here and we get glimpses of it, but it's like for all eternity, we will have some, you know, some part of our day or whatever he's got figured out up there, right? We're going to be worshiping. We're going to be acknowledging um, just the amazingness of what he's done. The fact that we're there, it's final. It's like, amen. Whatever you have for us, Jesus, you're worthy. We'll worship, right? So, um, and that song doesn't change. No. I mean, ultimately, if everything's, you know, scripturally based around Jesus, then in heaven forever, you know, I don't think God's going to be jealous looking over. How come he's getting all the attention? You know, it's like, well, he's kind of intended it to be that way. So that's the beautiful thing. Is like, <laughs> he's also right? the only, I mean, he's, he's also the only one deserving of that much that's attention. What I mean, so. Yeah, totally. I'm with you, and I know that's what you're saying. But I'm just like, I, yeah, I get that, the, the closer I've gotten to Christ, and the more that I walk in, and I want to follow the Father's will, yeah. the more enamored with His holiness I am, yeah. to the point where my heart does sing. Mm. And the songs that I sing and whistle and hum to myself yeah. are not the songs they used to be. Because the songs that, that flow out of me now mm. are the ones that praise the Lord. Mm. And I love watching um, you have that heart. And then I love worshiping with you in that way. So there's moments where I, I know that when we sing this song, like I'm going to be, it'll probably be fairly overwhelming as I feel most things are these days. I, <laughs> as I look around at everything, I'm just kind of like, man, God, you're so good. Even though, <laughs> even though I'm whining about this or whining about that to stop yeah. and think about your holiness and how amazing you are. Just, it just drops me to my knees. And then all week long, I just keep humming it. And I know this is gonna be yeah. one of those songs that does that. So for me, for sure. So love it. So if people want to know how to sing the bridge, Sure. Why don't? <laughs> Amen. Hey. Why don't we? Why don't we introduce them to the bridge? Sure. And so, just for the record, we're you know we're releasing this podcast obviously a couple of days before, but we're right. This song is going to be introduced on August tenth, two thousand twenty, or no, August third, ninth. All no. my days are messed up. Second. We don't. Yeah, second. You're totally right. I'm thinking of Monday night. No. So August second, Sunday. Yeah. Be there. Be there. Be there. Amen. Well, let's sink through the bridge, so. And I won't bow to idols. I'll stand strong and worship you. If it puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice because you're there too. And I won't be formed by feelings. I'll hold fast to what is true. And if the cross brings transformation, I'll be crucified with you Cause death is just the doorway Into resurrection life And if I join in, in your sufferings Then I'll join you when you rise And when you return in glory With all the angels and 
something along those lines. Oh, Bo, I like it. It'll be fun. All right, everybody. So we wanted to introduce you to Bo Rispel J. This is him, our worship pastor. We we talked about this. We think this would be a cool way to maybe introduce second service songs moving forward. Yeah. So just plan on this happening every once in a while. At a minimum, you get to know him through a different media, mm-hmm. which is the podcast. But uh, we're pretty excited to uh, have him here and to be a part of what we're doing. So thanks. Hey, thanks for letting me be a part of this. 